0: Hi there, this is Alana and Jamie from Praying Christian Women. We hope and pray that all of the sessions so far, and actually all of them, because this is our last, have been a real encouragement and blessing to you.
1: Yeah, this is, I can't believe at this point we're we're to the end. And, you know, as we talked about before, you have 24 hours to watch every session, but if you've gotten to this point and you're excited about watching everything all over again, you can get your all access pass by scrolling down to the bottom of your page and clicking on that. I want my all access pass button and you will get it quickly. Um, It's $49 until the end of the conference, which would be the end 20, 24 hours from the time this, this session goes live and it does increase in price after that. So if you're watching this, you still have time to get it before it, it, goes up to $79. So, yeah.
0: yeah we, we just want to we want to say thank you to you who are participating, who have brought such a sense of community to this conference. We want to thank our 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 helper Sherry and everybody who is involved in helping us with the website and the tech, we had quite a few hands helping with that. Huge thank you to the speakers who took time out of, you know, we're all busy, took time out of their busy lives to come and share their encouragement with you. Thanks to Jamie for being a great friend and prayer partner and ministry partner. And, you know, thank God that we were just able to do this. I think at the very, very beginning, there was a little bit of nervousness about, you know, the technology side of it. A lot of nervousness. (laughs) And so we're just, we are, we're full of gratitude and are just so, so thankful that you showed up and that we were able to offer you this conference. So, I'm really excited to kind of close it up with the topic that I love chatting about, almost more than more than anything. I don't know. There's lots of things about prayer I love to chat about, but this is high on the list.
1: Yes. Well, and along the lines of thanking our speakers, I am just blown away by each of these women and just the way that God crafted each of their each of their topics and talks, and and they just all filled in gaps for each other. And there was so little overlap in in mm-hmm. topics. Mm -hmm. And it just was so God ordained each of these women that that came in and, and spoke. So I just want to thank each one of them for the time and the work that they put into these talks and interviews and creating, um, free resources for you to have. And, you know, it's just, it's been amazing to be part of this conference. So we're just absolutely really thankful.
0: When you're working with this many people and
1: coordinating,
0: you know, this big of an event, it's it's very easy for something to unravel or to turn into like trying to herd cats. And we're we're just so thankful from from the get go, from like months before any of the the conference recordings aired and the conference interviews aired, we were just so blown away by how smoothly things went especially with this being our first time endeavoring something like this
1: yeah well and, and god just went before us and just to be thankful that god was in this and mm-hmm. i'm sure there are many people watching right now that were praying for us during those early times yes thank you so thank you for your prayers thank you because yes. this that is the the backbone like we said of anything that that we do is prayer and it was because of those prayers that just, they, they mm-hmm. made the way for this to happen. So this they really good, did. Yeah. Effort,
0: <laughs> Yes. Amen. And amen. And now yes. let's go
1: backwards. We've said amen, but
0: let's, uh, let's open this session in prayer. Now let's
1: pray. God, thank you so much for this day and just for this opportunity to give thanks and to celebrate what you have done through this conference. And as we go into this last session, God about prayer and productivity we just pray that your Holy Spirit would be present, would guide our discussion. You know exactly what needs to be discussed. You know exactly what the women watching need to hear. And we just pray that we touch on each one of those topics in a way that will bless women, that will equip them with practical tools that they need to invite you into their productivity and their work and the, the high callings that you've placed on, on each of us. In Jesus' name, amen. And
0: yeah, I'm really curious with this being our wrap up. I would love in chat if people want to share kind of their biggest aha moment out of all of the, all the speakers, all the topics, what's something that God brought to your mind? What is something that he did in your life while you were listening to, to some of these speakers? It would be really fun to, to share that in chat.
1: Yeah, that would be great.
0: And then how about also, additionally, we'll give you two answers. Jamie and I, when we do the Praying Christian Women podcast, we love throwing some just for fun questions at each other. So how about Jamie and I will answer this and you can also answer this one in chat too. What is, well, how about we never even mentioned today's topic. Today's topic is prayer and productivity and how those two really can merge together. And so Jamie, just for fun, and anybody who also wants to answer this question in chat, what is something you can do faster
1: than the average person? So I can, I have two things. I can text really fast. We talked about this in our <laughs> <We> intro. did. <laughs> I can. I don't know why, but I can text really fast. My fingers are just like I think I've got bony fingers, and it just ah, it hit mm-hmm. the, the letters on the keyboard. But I can mm-hmm. text really fast. And the other thing I thought of is I can say the alphabet backwards really fast. because I remember
0: when, you showed me that once. It was you know, amazing.
1: When I was a kid, I watched this show, and I, it, or it was like the cartoons would be running and then they'd have this little thing called kids break and they would have mm-hmm. the alphabet letters going forward. And then as it ended, it would take away each letter from Z down to a, and mm-hmm. I would see if I could say it as fast as they would. remove. <laughs> it. So do you want, should I do it? I, I think you need to do it. Okay. So it's Z Y X W V U T S R Q P O N M L K J I H G F E D C B A.
0: Yeah. See, I can't even say that the actual alphabet. That I don't know what I'm
1: saying. My brain has just like I don't even know what letters I'm saying. If you were to ask me what letter comes before K, I'd have to count up. Uh huh. Uh
0: huh. That's hilarious. Uh, I'm a very, very fast reader, so that's probably that's probably mine. Like I kind of read paragraph at a time, uh, mm-hmm. but to be totally honest, that means my retention's not as great. <laughs> so don't ask me the like the the. Person last name of the secondary character in the novel I read last week. I won't know,
1: but I can be fast. When I was thinking about this question, I thought that writing novels, like you, are a fast Mm -hmm. writer also and typer. You're an incredibly oh yeah yeah yeah. really fast at typing. Oh my goodness! When we share screens and you do stuff, I'm like, how how does she do that? And it's so fast. But yeah, (laughs) but you just yeah but yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's from
0: years of writing novels. You get, you get pretty fast,
1: (laughs) but just typing fast. Doesn't make you a fast writer or author so you do like create quickly like Mm -hmm. you're a prolific Mm -hmm. writer yeah that's
0: true yeah I didn't even think about that I'm just like yeah I can read pretty quickly (laughs) all right yeah so if anybody listening wants to throw that in chat too it would be fun to see what other things people can do really really fast okay here's another question just for fun what is something that you would love to be able to do really fast but you can't housework Oh, wouldn't that be cool? Like the Mary Poppins, like I'm gonna snap a couple fingers and end up with a clean
1: house. Yeah, I would love to because I've I have found out that I'm a very slow, like I'm just slow when I do housework. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes I'll set timers so that I'll force myself to work Uh faster and be conscious because my mind (laughs) wanders. I think that's what it is. Mm -hmm. And I just sort of like space out and do things really, I'm folding the clothes really slowly. (laughs) Yeah, what about Uh you? Um, I was
0: thinking maybe cooking. I don't really enjoy cooking. I don't hate cooking either. It'd be kind of cool to be able to spend like 15 minutes in the kitchen a day and have like, you know, great meal, great meal. plans or something. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know. I'm I'm kind of happy with my pace of life. I can't think of anything that I'm like, man, this just takes forever and ever. Um yeah. So maybe like I, I Every so often, I'm. I know everybody, almost everybody who has done homemade bread is probably like this, where like you get into a rhythm and you're doing it like once or twice a week, and like it's just part of the routine. And then you don't do it for a year. <laughs> so, I wouldn't mind going back to to bread making, but it's been well over a year since I've done anything with
1: like that. That builds patience. That definitely. Making bread from scratch that builds patience. I think just Mm -hmm. in in, and I don't know. There's got to be something there. You can't rush it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. for sure. Well, anyway, yeah. On to our discussion about praying for your to-do list, how prayer and productivity intersect. I love this topic, and you are great at just being able to impart wisdom on this topic. So I can't wait to ask you about it and, and kind of no. pick your brain. So,
0: well, and like I said, I, I love talking about this topic. Um, in addition to writing novels, I do a lot of coaching for authors and mm-hmm. I love talking about the time management side of it. And so now when we get to talk time management and prayer and bringing the Christian perspective to it, I'm, I'm like a something a something. i couldn't come up with the, uh, <laughs> the metaphor. I'm like a cat in a forest of catnip.
1: <laughs> that's good. I like that. I have not heard that one. I just made it up. I couldn't think of anything. <laughs> Speaking of cats, your dog is so cute. I, I won't say her name because I know she might hear. Oh, you're wearing that's headphones. True. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's coffee. For those of you who haven't. Met she coffee. is being she a is sweetie. The sweetest. All right. Well, I think, first of all, one of the things that we tend to do as people Mm -hmm. is compartmentalize our spiritual lives and our practical day-to-day lives. Even if you're in ministry, I think we tend to think of, okay, this is my prayer time. This is my time Mm -hmm. to invite God into things. And then there's the productivity thing, but really the two need to go hand in hand, not just that they can or that they should, but they need to go hand in Mm -hmm. hand. So Um, have you always combined the two? I know that you're pretty passionate about this, but have you always combined prayer with productivity or is this kind of a a newer development?
0: I actually remember the day and the hour that it started. Well, So (laughs) it is. So it was a Sunday evening. It was maybe about five or so years ago. My husband was a pastor and on Sunday night, he led youth group. And so I had two hours on Sunday night where my goal and my habit was to get everything really well set up so that I was free to write for the rest of the week. So Sunday was my, like, get all of the little dumb things. I don't, (laughs) I was trying to think of a better word. The things that, in my opinion, took away from my writing time. So emails, work. Ads, finances, paying bills. So basically, I would go into Sunday nights with a checklist of all of the things that I wanted to accomplish, just the quick little busy work things. And I had that two hours to do it. And I remember one night where my to do list felt so um, overwhelming. And I was like, I could start this now and work until tomorrow morning and not be done. And I remembered because you and I had started talking and we, before we started the praying Christian women podcast, we had another kind of podcast about prayer that's retired now. But one of the things we did in that podcast was we had prayer quotes mm-hmm. and it was the quote from Martin Luther yes. where the gist of it was I'm so busy today that there's no way I can accomplish everything that I need to accomplish without spending at least three hours in prayer. And Mm -hmm. we had talked about that quote and and kind of how silly it was. And, and definitely there was a sense of, oh yeah, well, you're a monk in a monastery. So of course you can, I mean, he probably wasn't a monk in a monastery at that point, but you know, he kind of came from that background. Mm -hmm. Of course you could spend three hours in prayer, right? You don't have emails to answer. (laughs) You don't have, you know, um, kids to chauffeur around. And I was so overwhelmed looking at my to-do list and I'm like, there's no way that I'm going to get all of these things done in the two hours I've got. So in a way it felt like an experiment. I felt like, okay, God, if Martin Luther did it this way, maybe it's going to work for me. Uh, That was the spiritual side of it from the practical side of it. I knew that my to-do list was so overwhelming that I would put my to-do list by my computer I would turn on my computer and I would spend an hour and 45 minutes on Facebook because I just like, I was so overwhelmed. So I treated it a little bit like a, like a test and it was sort of an experiment, I guess is a better way. All right, let's try it. Let's try it this way. I'm going to take these two hours that I have. I'm going to pray through my to-do list and I'm just going to see what happens and what happened was about a third of the things that were on my to do list, I realized didn't have to happen that week. So, immediately, my to do list was cut into two thirds. I realized another third of the things on my to do list, I could delegate to my assistant to take care of. So, now I was left with a third of the things that I had left. And then, what I did was I prayed through the remaining things that I had left on my to do list. And through praying, was able to really just kind of organize what do I need to do first it's almost like let's say you've got six errands to run and you take just a couple minutes figuring out like looking at a map like so that you're not going from here all the way to here and then up to here like you're, you're finding the most efficient route that's what happened for the rest of my prayer time is I found the most efficient route of what should get done first what what things on my to-do list should I clump together, right? Like if they all had to do with email, I may as well do them all at once while I'm there in my inbox. And all of a sudden it was like, boom, I'm left with a very, very manageable to-do list. To be totally honest, I forget if I did all those things at night or if I just closed my time in prayer and the next day was able to knock it out in like 45 minutes. But it was basically, I had what felt like at least... 12 to 15 hours worth of work, took two hours to pray and ended up with a 45 minute to-do list. And so from that point on, I was like, okay, the experiment
1: worked. I'm bought and sold. (laughs) Yeah. And you know, the one thing that stands out to me is that you, you prayed to God and what you received back wasn't supernatural ability to get Mm -hmm. the task done faster, but God gave you wisdom. And mm-hmm. he ordered your thoughts and he gave you just this God wisdom that helped you mm-hmm. to manage the things that you had to do. And not mm-hmm. to say that there aren't times when you have things that need to get done and and your prayer might be, God, give me strength and energy to even yes. see it through because there mm-hmm. are times for that too. But mm-hmm. many, many times when you're talking specifically about praying for praying through your to-do list, I think that wisdom is the big thing the the number one thing that we're looking for is, would you Mm -hmm. say? Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And just the, almost the mental space, right? Like I felt like my brain was gridlocked. I was looking at this, list. I didn't even know where to start because I didn't even have the room to, to, to figure out where to start. It's like when you're packing boxes to move, but you're you're stuck because there's nowhere for the boxes to go and you can't put stuff away to move them until you've got stuff in boxes, right? Like right. I felt gridlocked mentally. And yeah, the the time I spent in prayer, I would say yeah, it was it was a mix of the the supernatural and just what happens when you step back and allow allow yourself that that mental space to figure things out. And a lot of it had to do with just reminding myself, you know what, if nothing on my list got done that night, it wasn't like the world was going to (laughs) end. The world would go on very much like it always had. And so sometimes even just um, releasing some of the the tension or releasing some of the sense of obligation or the sense of hurriedness, I think is another benefit that comes.
1: Yeah. Well, and another thing that I noticed about that prayer time is you didn't just hole up in a prayer closet. Like you were sitting there with your schedule in front of you. Is that right? Was your schedule no, in front of Jamie, you? Oh, so you no, me. <laughs> <laughs> Jamie, pe- yeah. <laughs> yes. you know me. I wasn't sitting there.
0: pacing. I was pacing. You pacing with your With my With my paper pad. You know me. Sitting and praying. What kind of do you
1: think I am? <laughs> oh my goodness. But I think that's an important thing to note is just because you invite God into your planning doesn't mm-hmm. mean that you're just sitting there in a vacuum. Oh, like for sure. That you mm-hmm. do need to. So can you tell us a little bit about what that process could look like in different situations? Like what are some different situations when it comes to your to-do list or productivity that you've invited God in? And what would that look like for someone that doesn't really know exactly what that could be?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So what I say is if you're to the point where your to-do list is so overwhelming that you have no idea where to start, I start with a brain dump and it's kind of like a, what's the word for when you have like your little clouds, like the, the brainstorming, do you know what I'm talking about? Like, yes. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, it's okay. I'll just explain it. I mean, but yeah. Like web, basically that a web. Yeah. So I start with just a dump. Of like, here's every single thing that needs to happen. And if I can, I'll organize it into kind of projects. Here's all the things that I need to do household-wise. Here are all the things I need to do homeschool-wise. Here are all the things I need to do finance-wise. I put them into categories, but I start with just dump, So it doesn't have to be organized. So I write that all down on... um, Usually a note card or in my journal, or I have these like eight by five uh, post-its that I really, really like, so like giant post-it size things. So first I do the brain dump. Is everything I've got to do. And then I basically start with, okay, what doesn't have to happen right now? And those things I just kind of forget, (laughs) or if I'm afraid of forgetting, I put them on a separate post-it and just hang it on my bulletin board and call it to remember to come back to later. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm left with, you know, again, about two thirds. Usually is usually when I do the brain dump, I can get rid of about, you know, a 25%, let's call it of the things that I realized I don't need to worry about these right now it doesn't mean they're never going to happen. It just means these aren't the priority right now. So that's kind of the first layer of it. And then what I do is I get a new piece of paper or a new giant post-it and I decide my, um, I kind of do two things at once. So one is I prioritize what needs to happen first. And one is I decide to organize my project. So Um, I do it kind of at the same time, but it'll be a little bit easier to explain it like as one step than another step. So step one is get it all out on paper. Step two is cross off the things that can wait. Step three is organize my tasks based on the type of task or the type of mental energy that I need. So that's kind of the analogy of when you've got 10 errands, you, you, put it makes more sense for me to do the grocery store and then the library and then the doctor's office instead of going from the grocery store to the doctor's office definitely over here back to the library right so I kind of I will organize it basically based on the the type of task so that might mean um, for work-related stuff I mean here's all the email things that I want to take care of so that I can open my inbox once and boom just get it all done Um, here's all the things that I need to do in my word documents. So editing my novels, you know, formatting my novels, those types of things. Here's all the things that I need to delegate. Right. So I'll make a list of all the things that I need to delegate Mm -hmm. to somebody else. Now in a, you know, that's how I do it from running a business standpoint from a like household management standpoint, that might mean here's all the things I need to do on the computer. Here's all the things I need to do while the kids are like busy with something else. So they're not going to bug me. Here are the things that I can squeeze in like here and there. Right. Or you could do it by even by like um, room. Here's what I need to do in the kitchen. Here's what I need to do in the laundry room. So just kind of organizing it into projects. And what that does is it takes your list of maybe like 35 things. And now you just have maybe like four projects to do. So instead of saying like, here's my like a detailed list of everything, it's all right, I need to do some things in the kitchen. I need to do some things on the computer. I need to do some things in my inbox and I need to do some things in the bedroom, right? So now mentally you've taken it down from 35 things to like four projects. Mm -hmm. And so that's the next step. And then I add one more layer and that is kind of my order of attack, right? What do I want to get done totally first? And those tend to be the um, you know, if here's a way to look at it, if my doctor told me that, like, let's say I'm in my ninth month of pregnancy and I'm on bed rest, and my doctor tells me I'm allowed to do 20 minutes worth of work a day, right? What's, what's gotta get done right now. Mm-hmm. And so that would be the first project you work on. And so, yeah. Uh, so quick recap, brain dump where you put it all out there, cross off the things that can wait. Um, next would be organized by project. And then last would be figure out which projects you're going to tackle in what order.
1: And a lot of that. So by itself, that could be a totally secular activity. So what steps do you take? What is, what is the difference between just planning and prayerful Mm -hmm. planning? Like, what does that look like in your personal life for someone that's like, okay, so how do I invite God in? Like, do I just kind of say, Hey God, be here. But what, how do you, do you take breaks or do you just kind mm -hmm. of be like, God, this is part of, I want you to be part of this and, and invite him into step-by-step.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of different ways that people could approach this. I think for me, my approach is I enter into that time of planning in a spirit of prayer. Mm -hmm. It's not a formula. It's not something that can be quantified. So, um, I think most people are going to kind of get the gist of what I mean, but to make it a little more specific and more actionable, I'll just tell you a couple, um, you know, things that pop into my mind of how to make sure that you're going into this prayerfully. A big one for me is beginning that process from a sense of like praise and worship and gratitude, because I don't want to go into my planning time from a hurried and harried and stressed out point of view. So I kind of train myself to enter into that time as if I've got all the time in the world. It's kind of the sense of God, it's you and me. So instead of like, it's a difference between if I came to your house and we had to get like 20 things done on our website, we were going to just jump in and do it. It's a difference between like, I show up at your house and boom, we're in your office on the computer doing stuff. And I show up at your house and you make me a cup of coffee and we sit and visit at your counter while it's brewing. And then we we drink our coffee and talk about what we're going to do. I make sure that I enter into that time from a sense of not only just like peace and Hey, we've got all the time in the world, but really from a sense of like, I'm, I'm partnering with God. I am brainstorming with God. I'm coming to God and saying, here's all the things on my list. I believe it's Isaiah. Do you remember? He gets a letter. I'm sorry. In the book of Isaiah, the King gets a letter from the enemy army or the enemy King. And he takes that letter and presents it to God in the temple. And I, I come at that mental picture of here's my to-do list. So I, I do the brain dump and then I kind of metaphorically or mentally picture myself laying that before God and kind of saying, all right, God, let's, let's work on this together. So I approach it from a real sense of like, God's my, my partner, my brainstorming, um, brainstorming buddy, other people are going to approach it from God's my boss and he's going to give me my marching orders. I don't think there's a right or wrong there, but I think it's really important to make sure that you're entering that time from peace. And so for me, that includes things like listing out the things I'm grateful for, maybe putting on some music, just anything that gets me into this relaxed state where I remember, God, I may have all the time in the world, right? Um, I think even looking at time a little bit differently than some people do, I treat time as um, kind of relative right? So if God's to-do list for me that day looks like it's going to take me 10 hours, but I know I only have two hours, I approach it from the standpoint of God's going to help me figure out a way to either get this down to a two-hour to-do list, or do you know what? He's going to just create more time. He's going to give me uh, supernatural energy, or he's going to let things go far more smoothly than I anticipate. Somehow, I, I never approach it from a sense of like time is a scarcity. I always approach it from a sense of there's always going to be time for the things that God has called me to do. And so now we just need to figure out what
1: those things are. That is so good. And you know what I love about the way you approach the beginning, talking about like instead of just rushing in, that you treat your time with God as you enter into planning as if there's all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. It reminds me of just the idea of giving God the first fruits. It's like, yes, that's a good way to look at it. I have all this stuff to do and my work, you know, whether it's spiritual work or ministry work or something completely secular, your work is an offering to God. But to say, I'm giving you the first fruits of my time as an act of trust, as an act of worship and as, as kind of a statement, not, and I know you could get superstitious about it, you know, thinking, right. oh, if I don't give that time, then yeah. and I don't, you yeah. know, and but it's never like that.
0: It's kind of like if I showed up to your house and we needed to work on a project yeah. and we didn't drink a cup of coffee. It's not like I'm going to think that you're you're mad at me and we, right. our friendship has dissolved.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's mm-hmm. it's a beautiful picture of that. Like I'm going to give God the first fruits of my work, whatever that is yes. and whatever that looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. Very good way to look at it.
1: So when you talk about those different um, ways to approach it, whether it's partnering with God or God's giving you your marching orders, I feel like there are two. Pitfalls that people could fall into, and probably do, probably because I've done both. Um, one, you just plan your schedule on your own. You maybe give God the token prayer and say, "God, look, my right. work, help me to get it done quickly." But then you just yeah. do everything on your own, and then you have the other pitfall on the other end of the spectrum of sitting there in silence, waiting for God to tell you what to do, and being met with silence, or being afraid that you're going to hear him wrong. And so not taking action at all and Mm -hmm. never moving forward. So what would you say is like a healthy balance of those two? Yeah. I mean, God doesn't care if you
0: vacuum the living room or do the dishes first. Do you know what I mean? Like this isn't about, and and that's where kind of, I feel like you're right. You brought in superstition. That's where that could fall in. This isn't like, I am going to get some, you know, like your to-do list isn't scripture. (laughs) Right. So that's that's one thing, like take a little bit of a step back, like we're not talking about Ten Commandments here. Really? So, so maybe that's why I prefer to look at it as I'm partnering with God as opposed to I'm getting my marching orders from God. You know, the more authoritative it becomes, the more you might be a little worried, right? So no, I don't picture it as God is telling me I must do it in this order in this way, or I have sinned against him. It's really the opposite. It's like he, I'm coming to him and he's helping me figure out the right way to do it or just not even the right way, like a smart way to do it.
1: Yeah. What would you say to someone who either has tried or in the future, if they go into this and they they try to invite God into their productivity and they just continue to feel stuck, is there like something that they could do as a first step to kind of get out of a rut of being stalled? I would
0: say if you... If you go into your planning time and praying over your to-do list and you, you really do work on getting a sense of being unhurried and kind of developing this mindset that there's always going to be time for the things that God needs you and wants you to do, um, if, you, if you try that, but you still feel stuck. My very first guess. And of course, I mean, it's almost like going to the doctor saying I have a headache. What's wrong with me? (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. But, but my very first uh, suggestion would be maybe you are so unused to downtime that you need to almost train yourself for quiet. So if you're not taking a Sabbath, if you're not giving one day up to rest and relax, however that looks to you, I don't think that we need to be formulaic about how that looks or exactly what 24 hour period it is. But I would say that that is my very first, a lot of people, if they, if they try this and they're like, Oh, it didn't work for me. It might be that you have some almost detox to do from a really, really, really busy life. I think about the year of jubilee and how God commanded every seventh year the land was supposed to lie fallow. And when the Israelites didn't follow that for hundreds of years, God made them pay it back. Like that's why the the exile was as many years as it was. It was to account for every single year that they hadn't given the rest. So I almost feel like if you haven't been in a, a spirit of, of taking a Sabbath or having downtime, it's going to take you longer, right? You need to, you need to detox. So if you're in a habit of Sabbath and rest your one day a week, in a lot of cases is going to give you the reset you need. If you have been working 80 hours a week, for 20 years without a break, whether that's work from a corporate standpoint or work from a, a mothering standpoint or work from a ministering standpoint, it's going to take you longer <laughs> to to develop that sense of kind of mental space, that sense of I've got time. So that's my very first response to,
1: to that question. That's really good. I didn't know how you were going to answer that. And that is so spot on. I think, uh, you know, it's just mm-hmm. convicting for me too. Cause I, I think so many of us are lacking in that area and mm-hmm. it's counterintuitive. You think if I'm stuck, and yes. I'm not able to get so much done. I need to do more. I need to ramp it up into gear mm-hmm. and get rid of my Sabbath mm-hmm. or get up early right. Or right. But I think that's wise. Yeah. 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 Uh, digital detox can help. I know a
0: lot of our feeling scatterbrained comes because we've gotten so trained. And I I do this all the time. You know, I probably checked my email from my phone a hundred times yesterday and I doubt that's an exaggeration. So we get used to always having like things pop up and that makes it a lot harder for us to have like, here's a two hour chunk of time where I don't need to get anything done, right? Like if, if hearing me say that made you nervous, then you've probably have trained yourself to be a little bit too busy or to have too busy of a mindset, right? Like busy isn't necessarily what's on your calendar. It's more about the mindset. If the idea of a two hour, just kind of break from the world is like, makes you nervous. mm, You might have a problem and you might want to focus on a digital fast or, you know, a, a, a Sabbath. And if thought of taking 24 hours stress to is too scary. Start smaller, right? Start with, okay, maybe I'll take Thursday evening off to, to just relax. And it doesn't have to mean that you're spending, you know, the four hours you would have been working, praying and reading your Bible, right? Cause that's mentally draining as well. Right? So whatever that means for you, I would say, yeah, find a way to, uh, to get that restful mindset, <laughs> And the mindset of, no, the things that need to happen are going to get happen,
1: are going to happen. And God's going to provide the time. Oh, that is so right. And, you know, I think about myself and my danger, the danger for me personally would be, I live a lot in my own head. I think and overthink things. And so the danger for me would be, I would say, okay, I'm going to take a Sabbath of however many hours or however, you know, a day, but I would spend that whole time, thinking and dreading the things that I had to get done and weren't getting done. And I think that makes up so much. I have, I'm the kind of person that has a busy mindset. And if you were to look, I have a feeling if you were to look at me and, and have, you know, be a a fly on the wall, I wouldn't be nearly as busy a person as I feel that I am. And I think that's that's a really
0: good point. Yeah. Busyness is, and you and I have said this all the time to each other. It's a state of mind. It doesn't have as much to do with what you've got Going on, and it has way more to do with the way you approach. And I think the biggest key is do you approach time as the enemy? Is time something that there's never enough of? Are you always racing against the clock? Or do you approach time as God's gift to you that's always going to be there when you need it? I think that's the biggest shift
1: that you can make. Yeah. And I mean, that can apply to our prayer lives as well. That uh, You know, just uh, go kind of full circle back to that quote from Martin Luther about mm-hmm. when when you have so much to do that, you know, just to rather than what would be intuitive and, and jump right mm-hmm. in and start doing it. But but to approach, hey, I, I need to take this time because God will make the time and, and for sure. Yeah. It's
0: like the, the person who preaches, you know, if you feel like you're,
1: you don't have enough money to
0: tithe, that's when you need to tithe. That's when you need to tithe the most. Yeah. Same thing with prayer. If you feel like you don't have time to, to spend 10 minutes with the Lord, that's when you need to, you know, to pray right away, because the busier you are in your mind and the more anxious you're in the mind, the less productive you are because you're feeling stressed. Stress drains your energy so much. And so, yeah, that's when sometimes I, I still do exactly what I did on a smaller scale. to so that night when my husband was at East Where the times where I feel the most overwhelmed and the most like, ah, I'm never going to get this done is when I force myself to step away from my work. And sometimes that just means I give my brain a break. I pace for five or 10 minutes and then I get back to it. Sometimes it means I take time to kind of come up with my plan of attack. So you talked about taking a day off and feeling anxious about all the things you weren't doing. It's a great time to do that brain dump because Mm -hmm. the brain dump itself is almost like um, an exorcism. And I don't mean that in any type of like demonic way. I mean it in the way of once it's on paper, you can be assured it's going to get done somehow, (laughs) right? And so we we keep so much of our to-do list in our mind and we constantly like, I need to remember to do this. so that takes a lot of mental energy. You put it out on paper and then you, that's the way of almost telling, like, let's say you've got this little anxious guy in your head and he's like, he's yelling at you about all the things you need to be doing. And so you're like, okay, let me write that down. And that gets him to shut up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, cause you wrote it down. That means it's going to get addressed. And then you can take that list and kind of go through those steps to pare it down and prioritize. And that's going to make this little anxious guy in your brain happy.
1: That's great. I love looking at it that way that I think I'm going to start (laughs) doing that thinking of that, Uh you know, rather than thinking I am feeling anxious, just think, you know, Mm -hmm. the, the anxious character in my mind is, Mm -hmm. you know, needing to be put in his place.
0: Yeah. Mm Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, is there anything else? That's all I've got for you. Is there any? Are there any parting words you'd like to impart to women watching?
0: Yeah. Really. Just I, we said it again, but I I feel like when you and I had a conversation about this, it, I think it really helped both of us. And so I really want to drive home this idea of like busyness doesn't exist. There's not like busyness is not a tangible entity. My schedule can look exactly like your schedule, and we can have the exact same. Um, number of hours in the day, the exact same obligations, and the exact same kind of baseline for our health and our energy. That's another thing. You you cannot compare your productivity to somebody else's because your right. energy level and your your health is going to kind of dictate right how. Um, how much you can handle, right? And so, don't and compare yourself to somebody else. Too. You know, True, exactly. Yeah. And, and obviously, your your state of life. The brand new mom, you're going to feel like you need to be doing the dishes and the laundry and the cooking. No, you just got to keep that baby fed, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, take care of yourself, take care of your body. Um, anybody who's had newborns totally understands that. And anybody who has a newborn is like, but I can't. I need to do these things. So. Remember that, yeah, we're not in competition with each other about it, but also remember. So let's say that there are two people with the same basic health um, and energy kind of baseline, the same schedule, the same family and work obligations. One of them can, and the exact same thing on their like their calendar is identical. One person can live that life feeling at peace and always knowing that there's enough time for the things that need to get done. And one of them can have that exact same schedule and always feel like a hamster spinning their wheels and like they're never accomplishing anything. And so, yeah, just remember busyness is a state of mind and does not exist. And the antidotes to that crazy spinning hamster wheel feeling is stopping the work. And that's going to teach yourself that life does go on even when you slow down. And so all these things that feel like they're 100% imperative that we do actually aren't, you know, you don't have, there's very few things that you have to do, yeah. right? <laughs> you have to eat and drink and use the toilet. <laughs> you have to sleep, right? If, if a doctor came to you, like I said, let's go back to the woman who's nine months pregnant on bed rest. She is going to find a way to slow down and the world is not going to end and sometimes we need to train ourselves that i can take a day off i can take an hour off i can take 10 minutes away from my desk to slow down and the world does not
1: end amen
0: amen good yeah well like i said it's it's such a fun topic so i'm glad we got to include it in our conference
1: me too All right. Well, for anyone, once again, just a reminder that the time is ticking for that all access pass. If you would like to get all of these sessions, um, lifetime access to all of the sessions plus bonuses, bonus session with Alana and myself and a bonus um, Zoom retreat with Alana and me, um, you can go scroll to the bottom of your page and click. I want my all access pass and you can get it before the price goes up in about an uh, 24 hours. <laughs> All
0: right, yeah. yeah, but don't feel rushed and hurried because busyness is a state of mind. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> that is so true. Good point. <laughs> no, it's it's great. I am so glad that we got to do this again. I just want to express my thanks to you, Jamie. Uh, this was your brainchild. You put so much time and energy and effort into making this happen. I got to show up and talk about some really cool topics. So thank you for all the work you did in chat. Please give just Jamie some love and prayers and applause and gratitude. And thanks to our speakers and our behind the scenes help. And thanks to all of you who showed up. And we're just going to close in prayer now. This will be our closing prayer, not only for this session, but for our entire Praying Christian Women Conference. God, thank you so much for your blessing over these past three days, over all the speakers and the participants. And I just pray that the lessons that women gleaned from these speakers would carry them through whatever does lie ahead. And we just acknowledge you as the author and creator of time, the author and creator of our health and mental energy. You are the one who allows us to accomplish anything. And without you, we could do absolutely nothing. I pray for anybody who might feel stressed and hurried today that our, our talk and our topic would really help them to approach your throne with a sense of peace just love that you do give us the time for the things that you want us to accomplish. And we praise you so much for that. And I just know that you, you create time out of nothing for us sometimes when we need it. And you are so good to us And the time that you have given us is a gift. So I pray that you would equip us to use it well and in worship and service to you.
1: Amen. Amen.